This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Of course, this is open for business here on this Thursday morning. Of course, it is cybersecurity Awareness Month, uh, and I've got somebody to speak to about this. Uh, in line with that, it is Tin T. Nguyen. He's the co-founder and CEO of Polaris Infosec. Welcome to the show, Tin. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Richard. Um, so I received this pitch uh, not too long ago, and I've just been looking through your resume. Uh, started off uh, uh, in the Marine Corps, uh, and then a while after that, you you moved on to the FBI, and then you decided to start up this cybersecurity um, firm. That's an impressive resume. You know, I would say it's a little atypical, especially within Southeast <laughs> Asia. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, to me, it makes sense. You know, it's always right. been about uh, protection of the community and such. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, you know the Marine Corps, FBI seems to be um, something that you decide to do. You know, uh, I fell into radio. I, I tell people that it's a career I fell into. The Marine Corps and uh, the Marine Corps and the FBI is definitely a decision, correct? It, it is definitely, you're correct. It is definitely a decision. And this was something that you, you felt you needed to do to help protect the community. You know, I, I think it boils down to how we as individuals derive value uh, from our right. lives. And for me, it's always been how can I help, um, you know, the, the people around me. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so those were just natural courses for me. Okay. So what I understand then, uh, Polaris InfoSec, a cybersecurity company specializing in web application and API protection, uh, founded in 2019 uh, with a bunch of professionals with over 60 plus years of combined experience. Uh, You spent the first two and a half years on product development and now launched into your product publicly. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Absolutely. Okay. So talk to me about the, uh, the importance then of um, cybersecurity awareness um, in an increasingly tech-dependent world. I've spoken mm-hmm. about this regularly to to you know individuals and SMEs and MSMEs. From your standpoint, what, yeah. what do you look at? Sure. I mean, so everything is basically tech these days, right? Everything from mm-hmm. our homes with the integration of Internet of Things, IoT, through you know cities becoming smart, right? The, the smart cities mm-hmm. is a new thing. Um, even small traditional mom and pop stores are now going online because of things such as COVID, digital transformation. So, you know, with with this integration, this digital transformation, they call it, um, there's such a huge rise in risk that people just don't understand because fundamentally, you know, people don't care about security. It's always been Mm. someone else's problem. Um, And and people just don't have the awareness on how to use their tech responsibly yet. Mm Mm-hmm. My my worry is that we have these mom and pop, like you say, the mom and pop stars uh, stores who are suddenly finding themselves having to go online, and I think they have an awareness of what they they need to do. They just don't know how to do it. A lot of them necessarily. Right. How would right. you approach that? You know, I think um, generally as a cybersecurity professional, uh, it's really about us putting the information out there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that what the problem with cybersecurity is that people assume that it's too complex, that it's too expensive. Right. right? Yeah. It, it yeah. can be for sure. However, something as simple as education awareness is so simple. Um, we just need to put it out there that, hey, this is how you can take actionable steps today. Right. Mm. Easy. We need to make it easier and, um, and, and more accessible for, for the community. Mm. Mm. 
Okay, before we explore that a little bit further then, I am very curious about your backstory. Give me a little bit of, of that if you could. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I went to school, I graduated from college, and then um, the Marine Corps was something that I always was interested in. Um, you know, my father mm. was a military officer, but he, he never pushed that on my brother and I. And um, so, um, you know, I, I went into the Marine Corps to serve, and I actually originally thought that that was going to be a career for me. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did combat tours, uh, two in Iraq, and then one in Afghanistan. And um, after that, pretty much all the fun stuff was over with in terms of you know, leading Marines in combat. Um, and, and for me, after that point, it was about staff responsibilities. And I didn't really right, right. want that, you know. Um, so that's when I made the decision to apply to the FBI. And, and uh, luckily, um, my brother and I both got in. And uh, so so he's still in. But uh, I'm, you know, I, I did my years as a counterterrorism agent doing threat response. And then I did uh, violent gangs. Uh, mm-hmm leading the, the task force against that out of Los Angeles. And so um, I was also a sniper on the SWAT team. And so I got to do a lot of different fun things. And so kind mm -hmm. of that's where my cyber background started because even though I wasn't a cyber agent, a lot of investigations included a lot of cyber aspects. Uh, so I, I learned how to do mobile forensics, digital forensics, uh, and evidence recovery, and so those sorts of things. Right, right. And of course, you know, in Southeast Asia, we... Um there are a few problems, of course, and particularly here in Malaysia, uh, not, not too long ago, we were looking at data breaches, uh, massive data breaches from very large government-held websites. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that is essentially, uh, the problem with that is that there is nobody to kind of point a finger at and say, look, it, this is your fault, it happened, or, and we are having issues dealing with that. And yeah. I think one of the problems with that, like you mentioned earlier on, is, is about the education of the individual. Simple things like phishing um, mm. is a problem. Mm. Uh, phishing and, of course, ransomware. Why do you think this has become such a, a pervasive issue here in, in Southeast Asia? Um, it all boils down to one thing, and that's human weakness, right? Because cybersecurity mm. is a people problem. It's not a technological problem. Mm -hmm. You have the most advanced systems on the planet. And at the end of the day, if the user messes up, it's still going to be exploited. Right. And so right. things such as that you brought up phishing and ransomware, those are those are human weaknesses. Phishing, right? Is people yeah. uh, downloading malicious files, logging into fake pages that steal your credentials. Um, and, and that's actually one way that ransomware gets installed on systems is through the phishing. Right. So they're kind of connected to each other. They go hand in hand in many times. Yeah. And do you think then this is one of the reasons why businesses need to apply a zero trust model? Oh, 100%. Because ultimately, let's be realistic, we're, we're lazy with security, right? If, if people <laughs> yeah. didn't have to use passwords and, and multi-factor authentication to log in, they wouldn't. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I do. I do. I mean, even convincing people to use lengthy passwords and unique passwords it's for... Possible. yeah. Yeah, uh, especially when we're talking about, you know, things like I, I use this streaming service, I use that streaming service, one for the bank. And, you know, I'm mm -hmm. talking to people that are using the same password across every single thing. And it, it gives me headaches it and does. anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so talk to me about what, what are some uh, tech for non-tech incident responses when businesses face uh, fire, mm. cyber attacks? I think, you know, you brought up two of the most common types of attacks that businesses face, ransomware and phishing. Super yeah. common. And I think you see it in the news all the time. But one thing that I want to dial down into is something called business email compromise, 
which mm-hmm. is a type of phishing, right? It's basically exploiting email practices. So mm-hmm. attackers are super sophisticated these days. They will take email information um, and just modify the email address so that just a little bit, you know, so that you think that you're receiving a, a, an email from your accounting, from your, mm-hmm. from your boss, and then you respond with whatever information they ask for. And so we've seen businesses losing millions of dollars because they've, they're wiring cash to these bank accounts that they think are partners, vendors, wow. you know, mm-hmm. whatever other departments when reality it's hackers. So business mm-hmm. email compromise, huge and, and growing in, in great risk. Mm. I have actually seen that in person. Um, it, it wasn't, thankfully, it wasn't wiring money, but it was things like uh, Instagram accounts being hijacked and mm-hmm. social media accounts being hijacked and stuff like um, cryptocurrency websites being posted on these particular you know, accounts. And, and so that, yeah. that seems to be the modus operandi currently in, in some of this area anyway. Yeah, uh, sure. What do you think then are, are some of the... Uh, measures that businesses can take to prevent themselves from cyber attacks apart from you know human awareness um you know i always say kind of uh tacking on to what you said is the education and awareness piece um but Mm. dialing down that a little bit is you need to make that you know a part of your programs from the very beginning when you onboard them a new employee right so you have some kind of basic cyber education program that that hr handles and then every year you have follow-up training Secondly, based off that is you need to have policies within your company, right? Simple things such as, hey, how do you store your devices safely? You know, do you have password mm-hmm. policies? Do you patch mm-hmm. your and update your hardware and software? Yeah. So that would be step two. And mind you, steps one and two are free. You need mm-hmm. zero cash to do this. And, and if you don't know how to do these things, I encourage people to reach out to me. I'll do it for free. I'll help you. I'll help you build it yourself for free, you know? Um, mm. But, even, but then after that, step three would be then, hey, look for basic security solutions based off your business needs, right? Mm. And, and there's something for everybody, and it's not as expensive as one might think. Mm. I mean, I, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and, it, and I think for a lot of cybersecurity individuals, it almost feels like a duty to let these people know that it's very simple to do a lot of these things that they need to yes. be doing. Yes, absolutely. 100%. It is a, a responsibility and duty for cybersecurity professionals to educate. Okay. Uh, Tim, let me just take a short break here. Folks, you're tuned in to Open for Business. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with Tin T. Nguyen. He is the co-founder and CEO of Polaris InfoSec. They're a cybersecurity company specializing in web application and API protection. They're founded in 2019 uh, by cybersecurity professionals with over 60 years of combined experience. We're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, we'll be speaking about things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, and some other stuff. Don't go anywhere. This is BFM 89.9. Behold Freedom, Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Open for Business. Uh, I'm on the phone with Tin. He is the co-founder and CEO of Polaris InfoSec. Welcome back to the show, Tin. Um, before we get back into things, of course, it is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, tell me a bit about the beginning of, of Polaris InfoSec as well. How did you know? How, how did you give birth to it, so to speak? 
Yeah, so Polaris was kind of the brainchild between a few of us. Um, and uh, full, full transparency, I wasn't there from the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I was brought along afterwards to join the team to kind of help bind things and, and build the operations and sales. But uh, it started off as a, uh, at first as a passion project uh, between mm. partners. And then once they realized that this was going to be a thing, that's when they said, hey, um, hey, Tim, can you help us kind of uh, bridge the gap between product development and sales and marketing and those other business functions? Um, but mm-hmm. like, like you had mentioned earlier, it was, it was two and a half years of a bunch of nerds sitting inside of a room, just plugging away <laughs> at coding and software development. Yeah. And the, the the funding behind this company was it was it bootstrapped was it VC how did it come about? Yeah, so uh, a vast majority of it has been bootstrapping. Though we are currently uh, trying to close a fundraising round with VCs and angel investors. Great stuff, great stuff. Okay, um, now just before the break, uh, we were talking about some of the measures that people can take and businesses can take. Obviously, in the last few years, uh, we've seen the advance of stuff like machine learning, artificial intelligence, for whatever. How is it being used um, within the cybersecurity sphere currently? Yeah, I would say that first off, uh, we want to make sure people know what AI and machine learning actually is, right? Mm-hmm. Because people use those terms and they don't really know what it means. So machine learning is is purely data analysis, how to get better results, more efficient and more accurate information, right? So AI is the step two behind that machine learning. It's how do you use that analysis to then make decisions and predictions, replacing the need for human choices, Mm -hmm. right? So in terms of security, these are must-haves. Why? Because threats are evolving every day and are increasingly Mm -hmm. complex. So basic systems and and, and prevention methods like firewalls and antivirus that you get on your laptop, not enough, right? It's Mm -hmm. a misconception that, that you have security once you have those. Not true. So these days you need AI and ML uh, prevention in order to thwart the most complex and, and challenging um, attacks. Mm-hmm. And do you think there are uh, different types of attacks that are uh, regional? Do we have a different type of attack regularly happening here in Southeast Asia compared to, say, you know, the West Coast of the U.S.? Yeah, so I, I would say that um, you know, I don't have statistics off the top of my head in, in regards to that uh, question. However, I would say that uh, people are more susceptible to certain attacks uh, in Southeast mm. Asia, purely because of what we've been talking about—that lack of awareness and education. So things such as ransomware, business email, um, you know, people in Southeast Asia fall prey to that much more easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and as opposed to you know the U.S. or the U.K. or certain parts of Europe. Um, so, so certain attack types uh, are not more prevalent, I would say, but just uh, people are more susceptible to um, yeah to those right. Types. Yep, yep. Uh, do you think then that um, people have? misconceptions about the cost of, of cybersecurity. Do you think that they worry overly too much about, you know, um, employing an outside agency to come in and, and help them with their cybersecurity? I mean, because you mentioned it earlier on, you know, people often think that having their own firewall is enough and, and, and one thing or another. Do you think they, they misunderstand this? And, and there um, and by... Um, and on top of that, uh, they have a misunderstanding of the idea of cybersecurity. Yeah, I, and for sure. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of misconceptions. You know, um, people assume risk. That's what it boils down to. Because for, for people, their businesses, their priority is what? It's about, one, growing revenue. It's about, two, yeah. growing their teams and operations. But how do you protect all that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what cybersecurity is about. It's, it's protecting those processes, that revenue, your partners, your clients. And so 
people say, you know, customer first, you know, uh, we, we put them first and we put um, our team members first, but are you really, when you're not protecting them with security? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. And so for, for people um, and businesses, it's for me, I, I say, we need to, as security experts, implement security without them knowing. Mm. That's what it boils down to is, is we have to integrate security into everyday life, even when they don't know that they need it. Right. So I was checking out your, your website and I, I obviously I, I see that and you mentioned earlier on that you're in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, what's happening in terms of expansion with, with Polaris? How are you moving around in, in Southeast Asia? So Southeast Asia, um, my primary goal is to partner with people who do businesses who do digital transformation. So we're talking right. about cloud service providers with domain hosts, you know, businesses like that, those who, who also manage security. Um, the reason being is because it ties back to the integration of security into everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, people are already using domain hosts because everything's going online now. Everyone's using the cloud because, um, you know, uh, their businesses are all going online. And so if I'm able to integrate my security into those services that people already seek, then they don't mm. have to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. They, hey, they use a server service uh, and they also get security with it. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's about partnering with organizations that want to build those digital transformation and make it easier for their clients to have their services in a much more secure way. So you're more B2B than B2C, would you say? Absolutely, 100%, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff. What do you think um, are your next steps, uh, next ten? Yeah, so my next steps are, are really is to continue the growth throughout Southeast Asia. Uh, you know, Vietnam is, is certainly where we sit, the majority of my team, with a small team in Singapore. But we want to be able to provision services for um, Asia Pacific and eventually globally. So one, it's growing those business partnerships in uh, you know markets such as Malaysia, which is a lot more... Uh, culturally aware of cyber threats than some other yeah. local countries. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really about allowing people to have reliable options for security that is affordable, that is easy to understand. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, uh, today Tin. You got it. Folks, I've been on the phone with Tin Ti Nguyen. He is the co-founder and CEO of Polaris InfoSec. Check out their website. Head over to uh, polarissec.com uh, to find out more information. And of course, if you did miss any of this podcast, download it where you normally get it from. I recommend the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Open for Business, my name is Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.